welcome back to Here's the Deal. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today I am interviewing Dr. Adrian Chavez. He is a father and a nutritionist, and I love Adrian because he helps us cut through the clutter. So the focus of this podcast is helping you guys understand what you actually need to pay attention to when it comes to nutrition. This was inspired by several DMs that I received on Instagram from um, the food that I had posted and people were surprised that where's the organic and I can't believe you eat this because it's got glyphosate and oh my gosh, there's a seed oil in there and I was like, you guys, you need to calm down. You don't need to be focusing on these little things. So I connected with Adrian and that's how we started our discussion, right? A lot of times we are marketed to from a place of fear and that oftentimes does more harm than good. And so when we sit down to eat whatever food we're eating it because we're afraid of what will happen if we eat something else or if we don't eat this organic food and it's putting us in this stressed out state as we're eating, which is going to do more harm than just eating a donut or a (laughs) non-organic meal. So we break down that. And we also then talk about, you know, when it comes to nutrition, it comes down to adding and not subtracting. You don't need to focus on all the things that you need to take away. Again, this is another mindset thing, right? So we're not going to come from a place of fear and we're also not going to come from a place of scarcity. We're going to focus on abundance. And then finally, we wrap it up talking about health and body composition. And these are two separate things. And oftentimes as people are chasing their physique goals, they forget That health is something entirely different and oftentimes chasing your physique goals leads you to be unhealthy. So Adrian is a breath of fresh air. You can connect with him on Instagram at Dr. Adrian Chavez. Please enjoy this episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, everyone, you are in for a treat today. I know you are going to be educated today because we are talking to Dr. Adrian Chavez, who is a nutritionist and a father. Thank you so much for being here today, Adrian. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. I, so you guys, I I don't know when I started following you on social media. This is why I, I love social media personally, because I learn so much when I find great people like you giving out such great information. And I've noticed that you are this voice of reason in a space that gets really loud and confusing. And so you are one of my go-to people. I'm like, okay, what does Adrian say about this? And um, I feel like there's just so much extremes when it comes to nutrition, but then you're here to like bring us back to midline so we can find ourselves. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you. That's, I mean, that's the goal of my account is really to help people just break through the noise. There's, there's a lot of noise around nutrition, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. And it really is a lot more simple than, than what marketers will lead you to believe. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, what really got me to pull the trigger and say, yes, Kylie, just ask him to be on your podcast was a funny reel that he did about artificial sweeteners. And he was going on and on about how bad they are for you, but it was a joke. And I was like, oh my gosh, has Adrian lost his mind? Like what's happening here? And then you're like, gotcha. And I was like, oh man. So let's open this conversation about artificial sweeteners, why they are not the devil that some people make them out to be. I mean, the, it, we have this, the, this is goes back to what's called the appeal to nature fallacy. Mm-hmm. Like people say, okay, natural is better. Artificial is bad. And this is, this is, it's not real. Like there's no, there's no truth to that. There's no difference. Oftentimes, like some people will say natural sugars are better than fruit sugars. It's the same compound. 
And a lot of people will automatically, um, a lot of influencers will use this appeal to nature as like their, their basis of nutrition knowledge is, you know, if it's natural, it's good. If it's not, it's not. And that's how they, they, um, you know, promote, uh, nutrition and, and educate people on their page. And, um, this, we have to get away from that. When you see people appealing to nature in that way of saying natural is better, you know, in, in really making it strongly about natural versus artificial, that person is probably, they don't understand nutrition most likely. And when it comes to artificial sweeteners, so there was a study that was published, I think in like 2005, it was a rat study where they gave the rats aspartame. Some of them, there, there was like a couple of rat, like there, there was a slightly higher rate of, of a specific type of cancer in some of the rats. And that study was replicated, didn't show it again in the next study. Like we didn't see the increase in cancer. We looked at uh, studies where they looked at people who drank artificial sweeteners versus people who didn't, and there wasn't an association there. And so, you know, sometimes what happens in, in this space is that people will take uh, studies like that, that rat study that was designed to see if we can create some negative effect of artificial sweeteners. Like the, the, the way these studies are designed, because they're trying to establish safety, is they're giving these rats like high amounts of artificial sweeteners their whole life, and then they're trying to see what happens at the end. And what people will do who are disingenuous about the way that they present information is they'll take that study and they'll say artificial sweeteners cause cancer. And, but that's not what the study showed. The study showed that if you feed rats aspartame daily, every single day, their whole life at high amounts, a small percentage of them had one type of cancer that's pretty rare in the average population that, that you're very unlikely to ever get. Mm-hmm. And and so, so there's a massive difference between what the actually the actual study showed, and what the headlines show, and then what the the thousands of people on Instagram who don't know how to read a study will will misinterpret it in very various ways and say, well, this study, you know, they'll pull that study and say that it caused cancer or misinterpret in in one way or the other, or ignore the other research that shows that you know that, that was replicated after that that showed no effect. And, and so there, there's, it's just a just disingenuous way of, of scaring people about something that's not natural. It's the fear. Like they're trying to scare us into all of this stuff. And I just feel that fear has no place with nutrition. Exactly. I mean, if, if, if you, if you are following people who are promoting a fear based uh, nutrition from a, from a place of fear and fear is a marketing tool. Mm -hmm. This is why they're doing it. If someone's trying to scare you, if they're saying this is poisonous, like food, babe, um, like this ingredient's poisonous or this is harmful, they're doing it because it gets attention. If I tell you something's harmful, you're going to pay attention and you're going to start to listen to what I'm saying. And if I make it sound like it, it, it may, you know, make sense, you're probably going to believe it. And now you trust me. And now I can offer you an alternative. And oftentimes... I get a kickback on the alternative. Mm-hmm. That's what these people are doing. They're, they're telling you not to drink artificial sweeteners and then, um, you know, sending you to some stevia based uh, drink sometimes where they're like, oh, drink this one and and use my coupon code on Amazon or something like that. Yes. Like they're not always doing that. But um, this is this is um, the way that a lot of people operate on social media is they're 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 doing what they need to do to get attention. And it's not necessarily accurate. And, and oftentimes they don't know better. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes they just learn from someone else who also didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the challenge is from a, from a consumer standpoint, you know, you really have to be diligent about avoiding that fear-based marketing, mm-hmm. fear-based nutrition. Because even if all of the stuff that they were saying was true, you're still not going to be healthy because if you believe all this, you're going to be scared all the time. You're going to be anxious about eating. And if you eat a salad, but you're stressed out because you're worried about all the ingredients in it, or it might have some glyphosate on it, you are going to have worse outcomes than if you just go eat a burger or just go eat something else. Like stress is a factor. Yes. 
I mean, it's so funny that you just said that. So before we hopped on and I was recording, you guys, I was telling Adrian about what had happened um, in my DMs over the past couple of days. And so I posted about artificial sweetener. So that started a quote unquote conversation, air quote conversation. And then I shared my grocery store haul and I showed this pesto that had some sunflower seed in it. And I was like, and someone said, I can't believe you eat seed oils. And then someone else said, oh my gosh, there's no organic food here. And I, and then someone else on my oatmeal, I can't believe you still eat Quaker oats, the glyphosate. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, I don't, I can't worry about all that stuff. I'm doing the best I can eating three servings of vegetables a day. But like you said, it's that emotional impact. If I were anxious and searching for organic everything, no seed oils ever, I would drive myself bonkers. Emotional impact, financial impact. Like if if someone tells you that you have to eat organic because non-organic food is going to kill you, that doubles your grocery bill immediately or more. And for what benefit? Like organic food has slightly higher nutrient content when, when those are, when those things are tested. And that's thought to be because of, you know, not even necessarily the, the, the fact that it's organic, it's just, they're, they're grown in different ways and in the places that they're grown in and things like that. Um, But in terms of pesticides, organic food has pesticides, like they don't not use pesticides, they still have to have ways to get rid of pests, they just use what are called organically approved pesticides, which aren't necessarily any safer like there's no there's no evidence to show that they're safer than non-organic pesticides now the truth is that there is a slightly higher amount of pesticide residues on conventional food than organic but if you wash your produce you're going to get off the vast majority of that and the highest pesticide residues ever recorded on on foods are still safe like we 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 have a, a we have the safest and most abundant food supply in human history. And there are people who don't have any other hardships in their life that want to create some by, by trying to say that the food industry is trying to kill them or something like that. Like th- this is not the case. The food industry is a business. We live in a free market society that, that we have free choice to buy and choose what we want. And these companies have free choice to sell us what, what they want. And unfortunately, we want the wrong things for the most part, and they are happy to sell us the wrong things. And a lot of people want to put the blame on the food companies, but the reality is if you stop buying it, they stop producing it. And, and it's, it's, not, it's not like that they're, they're not sitting in a, in a room thinking, how can we destroy uh, the American population's metabolism by, by adding in seed oils? You know, and there's nothing wrong with seed oils. The only reason that people think seed oils are a problem is because there's people who, again, don't know how to read research, don't understand nutrition science at all. And if you see a graph and you look at the rates of like obesity and diabetes over the last 50 years and you put, you know, seed oils, the consumption of seed oils next to that, seed oils went up while diabetes went up. So these people think, oh, seed oils are bad. But there's been multiple randomized control trials. And a randomized control trial is the type of study w- that you want to see where we actually feed someone that, that seed oil, not saying, oh, we ate it as a population over the last 50 years, so that made us fat. We could also say that you know, over the last 50 years, we, we started using our phones more, so that made us fat. Like we can, we can, we can, there's, there's 150 or more different correlations that we can say of, of that happened over the last 50 years that correlated with our increase in obesity and diabetes and things like that. But that doesn't mean those things caused it. And so the seed oil increase, uh, the reason that we're consuming more seed oils in the United States is because they're cheap and because companies put them into processed foods. And the American diet is made up of the majority processed foods. 60% of the American diet is ultra processed foods. Is it seed oils? No, people, the vast majority of people's diets is highly processed foods. It's not, it's not about the seed oils or anything else. It's just people are eating nutrient poor, highly processed, very palatable foods that we tend to overeat and that don't provide us the nutrition that we need. It's just like, so you guys see, we've talked about all these little things that don't really matter. So let's shift our focus. What does matter? What, what is going to help us be healthy individuals? 
So um, I always say there's there's two like really important things. And the number one is how much we eat. Mm-hmm. And the how much we eat can be influenced by the second piece. So if you're overeating, that's going to lead to negative health outcomes. Even if you're eating healthy food, if you're overeating to the point that you're gaining fat over the course of your lifetime beyond what your body can handle, and, and it, it's going to lead to metabolic dysfunction because what happens is our metabolism can only handle so much energy. And if you give your body excess energy, it's like, it's like, for example, like a, a warehouse that, that's bringing in packages and, and sending out packages. They're going to send out packages at the same amount. But if you keep bringing them in, the whole warehouse is going to get full and it's not going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's happening in our body is we're taking an energy, taking an energy. We're not expending that energy. And over time, if you gain weight, it's not that, you know, having it's not that you have to be zero percent body fat. That's actually harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a wide range where people can be healthy. Like you can actually be a BMI of 30 and be perfectly healthy. A lot of people um, and, and a lot of that depends on body fat distribution and genetics and things like that. But if your metabolism is fine, um, you don't necessarily need to lose weight. Like there's people who have a BMI of 30 that don't need to lose weight because their metabolism is perfectly healthy. And there's other individuals who have a poor metabolism and a BMI of 25 because they don't exercise. They don't do any of the healthy habits that they need to do. So even though they're not holding on to extra fat, their metabolism is not working properly because they're not doing the things that help keep it healthy. So number one, how much food you eat. And I don't want to make that the most important um, because food quality, the next thing I'm going to talk about is going to, is going to, um, dictate how much food you eat because if you're eating higher quality foods you're gonna it's gonna be easier for you to to eat the right amount so the second thing is um the the quality of your food and and really the main thing there is eating more unprocessed whole foods now i don't want to demonize like processed foods because there's great great ways to process foods and there's different levels of processing and actually processing a food sometimes can make it um make it more nutritious like you can add fiber and things like that to it but what I'm talking about is, um, you know, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, whole grains, uh, eggs, milk, you know, and, and meats. You know, if your diet is made up of mostly those things, when you go to the grocery store, that's mostly what's in your basket. You're going to be okay. Like, like that's all you really need to worry about. Yep. Outside of that, like it, it doesn't, you don't have to make too much of a big deal about that much outside of that. If you're hitting that, like 80% of your groceries are, are the things that I just mentioned. And the other 20% is the things that you enjoy that are going to help you stick to your lifestyle. That that's, what's important. Um, whether or not you're eating, you know, uh, uh, seven grams of sugar versus five in a meal or whatever the case may be like, there's so like people focus so much on the minutia and, and don't focus on the, the, the old not eating, you know, eating mostly unprocessed foods, not overeating. So, I, I always say first start by improving your food quality mm-hmm. and, and eating mostly unprocessed foods. And then if you find that you're still having trouble with your, your weight management, then you can, it can be helpful to actually dial in and start tracking and, and really understand uh, your energy balance so that you can um, get a hold of it. Cause you don't want to track for the rest of your life. No, um, right. So it's, it's great if you can just not track at all, which a lot of people don't have to, to be honest, if for, for a lot of people, if they just eat a healthy diet and they, they're just mindful about not like binging on the weekends and stuff like that, just, just moderation, never go overboard. Like you don't have to track, but know, some people might. Saying, um, in the program that I run, I do run a macros based program. And I always think to myself when I send someone who's like, let's say they're two twenty five and, and five, five, I'm always thinking to myself, I mean, here's your macros. You don't really need macros. This is what you need. And Mm. I just think people need that. Like you don't have to get into the weeds. Just keep adding more of these less processed foods. In adding, that's exactly, um, that's the other piece. A lot of people approach nutrition from a, from a subtraction standpoint. Like, what do I need to avoid? What do I, I, I get this question all the time. Like, what, is this bad for me? Is this bad for me? Should I avoid this? I have Hashimoto's. What food should I avoid? Like the last thing I'm going to tell people is to start avoiding foods. The, that's one of the worst strategies you can possibly take when it comes to nutrition, because I can't tell you how many people I've worked with that are avoiding so many foods and their diets restricted. And now that's causing them anxiety because their diets restricted. It's having a negative effect on their health because they're not able to get nutrients. And oftentimes this is just, it's based on misinformation. Someone heard that beans have lectins and they cause inflammation. So they stopped eating them. And then, you know, it's, it's like they, they heard that. And then they heard seed oils are bad. And then they heard you have to avoid all sugars. And then they heard this and 
if you continue to allow those messages to penetrate your mind and, and go into your 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 lifestyle habits, you're you're gonna take yourself into a wall where you're into a really restricted diet and and you're confused, you're 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 in poor health. Like half of the people I work with, and I I work with um in my one-on-one practice, I work with mostly people with GI issues. And so with GI issues, there really are, you know, there really are triggers and, and things that, that can um trigger symptoms that people really do need to avoid. And with GI issues, there definitely has to be like an elimination for most people where they eliminate some foods and try to bring them back and try to see what what they can tolerate. But um, most of the people that I work with now are people who um, who were on highly restricted diets on 10 plus supplements, and they don't know what to do because they started, they either worked with someone who didn't know what they were doing and put them on a really restrictive diet, or they just started taking in information and, and they remove this and then they remove dairy and they remove gluten and then they remove beans and then they remove nightshades and they, they remove nuts. And then I've literally worked with people who were eating under five foods as their entire diet, multiple people, wow. like not one, <laughs> like the, for, for over a year because of these messages of this is bad and this is bad and this causes inflammation. And the reality is the inflammation is coming from the fact that you're so scared of food, right. like, like that's inflammatory and not really like I'm saying that like in, but in joking, but, but yeah. the stress really does have a negative impact on, on your, on your hormones, on your sleep, on your, on your health overall. And really people, um, that we, you really have to start taking a, 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 like a positive view on nutrition and stop looking at it as. Uh, what can I subtract? How do I restrict more? You know, those type of things uh, and look at it instead. Like, what can I add? What can I add to improve um, my diet quality? And someone, I, I had a client that I um, recently had a consultation with and she, she reached back out to me and she was like, I'm so surprised that like all your recommendations were like, I want you to add this. I want you to add this. And you really didn't even say about like what I should remove. And I'm like, cause you don't need to be removing things. Like when you add the right things, there's not room for, for that other stuff. Like if you're eating plenty of fruits and vegetables, if you're eating protein at every meal, if you're eating, you know, healthy fats and, and healthy high fiber carbohydrates, you're going to be nourished and satiated from that for the most part. And then put some things in here and there that you enjoy, have some ice cream at night. You know, you don't, once you, when you allow yourself those things, it gets, it's so much easier to just have a couple of bites, enjoy it and know that it's still there. But when you're restricting, it's like, I'm going to eat the whole carton because I don't know when I'm going to allow myself to eat this again. It's so true. So you brought up Hashimoto's and that's something I see more frequently. And I'm like, what, what is going on? Why does everyone have Hashimoto's? Do you have any insight Um, on that? Yeah. So not everyone has Hashimoto's. Uh, There's a lot of functional medicine, doctor, naturopath, quackery going on that that a lot of people are being misdiagnosed with Hashimoto's and it's so dangerous um so dangerous there's a there's a um I I had a client that was on um thyroid medication and I'm not an expert in endocrinology but I know what I know what the the ranges are for healthy labs and she was perfectly healthy and they put her on thyroid medication oh my god based on I don't know I don't know why they put her on thyroid medication, to be honest. Yeah. And so she was in that state, like you can literally kill somebody that way. Like you can cause heart arrhythmias and things like that. And, and there are practitioners throughout the country that are doing this because it, it's a, if they, if they give you a label and they diagnose you with something, quote unquote diagnose, mm-hmm. now they had your, you're now their patient. They're going to start treating you. They're going to give you diet in in supplement oftentimes if it's a chiropractor naturopath or a functional medicine doctor it's going to be like some crazy diet and supplement protocol where you have to avoid a bunch of different foods and Mm -hmm. take 22 supplements a day and like it's a business model there oftentimes um the diagnosis comes from a business model you know same thing i don't know if you've heard of like mold toxicity lyme disease parasites like candida like all of these for the most part there there's some truth to them like people, Hashimoto's is definitely increasing. Um, there, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely a, a pretty high prevalence of that. But you know, the the level of diagnosis that is, that's occurring based on symptoms: mm-hmm. Are you tired? Are you moody? 
are you are you sometimes like are you sometimes hungry and yeah, you struggle to lose I am. weight? I am. Of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> and and so if you look at if you look from all the things I mentioned, mold toxicity, candida, uh, the the Hashimoto's, the symptoms are the same for all of them, and it's because they encompass everything, and it's the best marketing you can possibly have because all you have to do is say, "Are you tired? Are you struggling losing weight? Are you moody?" Everyone is everyone. at some point or another. So everyone's going to raise their hand and be like, oh my God, you're talking about me. And then you say, oh, you probably have mold toxicity or, oh, you probably have candida. Oh, you probably have Hashimoto's. And, and that is, I mean, we need to regulate it in this country, to be honest, because yeah. it, it's pretty out of control the way that um, many, many, many practitioners are doing this. And I, I highly caution anyone who, I mean, hi, do not ever work with a chiropractor, um, but like, naturopath um naturopaths can be hit or miss functional medicine doctors major hit or miss chiropractors miss like 99.9 percent .9 of the time like i've seen some of the most dangerous stuff in the world from chiropractors uh when it comes to nutrition because i mean chiropractors there was a study that just came out that chiropractors um put out the least evidence-based information on social media about back pain oh my that's God. what they're trained to do like they're literally trained to, to, to treat back pain and they wow. put out the least evidence-based information of any profession on back pain. And imagine what they're doing in nutrition. Like the, yeah. the, the, the nonsense I see from different chiros around the country is just, it really bothers me, but it, there's no, there's no regulations for the most part in this industry where um, pretty much anyone, as long as you're, you're using the right language, like you, you can, you can come off the street and, and call yourself a, a practitioner, run labs, like actually order labs from different companies and get people to run labs at their house and, and prescribe supplements and things like that. And, and I, I, most of my clients have worked with multiple practitioners in the past and, and the stuff that I see is, is bothersome. <laughs> and that's why my social media, um, that's why I talk about this stuff so much on my social media is because uh, it's dangerous. It really is. Absolutely. It's dangerous. I, I was seeing that too, because one of my friends was telling me about an acquaintance of hers who just ended a relationship with a nutrition coach that put her on ridiculous calories and, you know, a general pop person that she put on like 1200 calories. This woman weighs 170 pounds and there's just no need for that. It was super restrictive. She had like 40 grams of fat. I don't know the rest of her macros, but it, uh, I was like, how, how is that even legal? You just set that woman up to fail. And it set her into this cascade of um binging which she hadn't dealt with before and then all other sorts of issues popped up I was like how is this even right and in in likely that was a generic program that that person gives to everyone like yeah. that, that I see it so much it's so frustrating I just had a, a conversation on my podcast that I'm going to publish in, a, in about a week with with someone who went through uh, a program and she was basically like running labs and doing prescription protocols for people and and she just realized like wow this is I am not qualified to do this and I shouldn't be doing this but she she was an influencer prior to that and she went through her own health journey and then people were like hey you you're going through your health journey can you help me out too mm -hmm. and and we got to be careful with that like you 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 shouldn't be getting information from someone just because they did it now yeah, you may want to look into different stories and things like that just to get some, you know, insight, but never just work with someone whose main qualifications are they did it um, because that that can get kind of um, messy, especially like, you know, there, there are people who who think they had Hashimoto's and and they change their whole diet and they feel better. And now they're healing other people with that. And they never even had Hashimoto's like they just, it was all symptom wise. They were, they were fatigued and tired because they never exercised. They weren't sleeping. They were eating poorly and they started eating better and, and exercising. And now they're not fatigued and tired anymore. So they, they healed their Hashimoto's and, and now they're helping others heal it as well. And like, there's a, there's a whole lot of that. Oh my gosh. Well, the last thing I want to ask you about is the difference between like health goals and then body composition goals. Cause I love people who just have health goals. I'm like, all right, yes, let's do this. Can you just talk about the difference between the two? 
Definitely. So I kind of touched on this earlier and, and a lot of people have this misconception that like lower body fat is better. So, you know, the lower your body fat you can possibly get, the better, the better it's going to be. And the reality is we have a, we have a, a wide range. Like there there's for, for men. And again, this is largely going to be dependent on genetics and your own, your own individual, you know, uh, nature, but um, there's for, for like men, you can be, you know, 10% to, probably 25% body fat and, and be perfectly healthy. So, you know, when people try to go from 20 to 10 or 15 to 10, like for example, for me, I'm like 12. If I go from 12 to, to nine, I'm going to receive no health benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Like none, that's a hundred percent body composition. Go there's, there's no, like there, there's likely going to be health detriment for me going there. Like, because I'm going to have to restrict my food further. I'm not going to be as nourished. I'm going to probably negatively affect my hormones um, because my body's not going to be having what it needs. Um, and, and your body kind of goes into like a starvation mode because when your fat is so low, your body's, your body's worried about that. Like that, that's a, that's a negative thing in your body to say like, Oh, well, um, why are we not eating? Why don't we have fuel? Why don't we have energy available? And, and so your body reacts by, in women, you know, stopping menstruation in men, reducing testosterone, leading to, you know, loss of libido, those type of things. And that's body composition, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. body composition. Um, that, that's not that important. Like it, it's important for health to not be, to not have excess body fat to the fact that, to the point that your metabolism is damaged. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, every additional weight loss that people, you know, seek is, is, is for is for you know body composition reasons and vanity and there's no health to that now there's nothing wrong with that like there's i don't want to make it seem like there's anything wrong with that right. there's absolutely nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with wanting to look a certain way but we have to understand that looking the health is not a look health is the way your body feels health is your energy health is you know the the your your libido health is much more than the way your body looks and um a lot of people focus too heavily on body composition goals and body composition goals come down to macros, like macros. Like you can, I mean, if it fits your macros, there's people who, who literally will eat, you know, kind of junk food for the most part and, and will get a great physique because that's what drives a body composition. Health on the other hand is dependent on other factors as well. You know, we have fiber, which is going to improve our cholesterol levels, which is going to improve our digestion, reduce our risk of colon cancer. We have micronutrients from fruits and vegetables, which independent of body weight, like they're still going to have an improvement on our health. Now, it's really difficult to tease this stuff out, but I, I would be pretty confident to say that if we took two groups of people and one was macros and that's all they were focused on and they were doing if it fits your macros, and we took another group who was eating lots of fruits and vegetables, was, was eating nuts and seeds and whole grains and lots of fiber and a wide variety of colorful uh, plant foods and, and was living a balanced life where they weren't having to over restrict and just always eat foods that they didn't enjoy. The person who's doing the, the, the second person, I would, I would be willing to bet would live five to 10 years longer on average, mm-hmm. if, if not potentially more than the other individual. Mm-hmm. Now, Again, body composition is important for health, but health goes much beyond body composition. And the reality is that individuals, like people don't understand, there's a U-shaped relationship between health and body composition. Right. Like when in the lower levels of BMI, those people have worse health outcomes than the people who have a BMI of 30 to 35. Mm -hmm. Like individuals who are in the underweight category have worse health outcomes than individuals who are considered obese, like grade one obesity that is important that that conversation isn't had enough and you know i i've um you know i i got into this space through like the bodybuilder type thing where when i was in my early 20s you know i was all focused on macros bodybuilding and then i had some gi issues myself and that's when i switched my that's when i switched my diet and started eating more plant foods and started being more focused on health and the difference is is tremendous like i feel so much better now 15 years later um, then I did, you know, 12, 15 years ago in my early twenties, um, because my diet quality is so much better. And I noticed so many, like just all these little things. Like I used to have allergies, like I'm not allergic to anything anymore, like wow. nothing. And I had like, I used to take allergy shots my whole life and, and I didn't like cure it or anything, but like 
diet quality is important. Your body relies on the micronutrients that come from food. The, 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 we have, you know, we have the vitamins and minerals, but plant foods also have 10,000 compounds, more than 10,000 compounds that we've identified so far that, that have a bioactive effect in our body. So for example, if you eat mushrooms, you're going to get some beta glucans, which can uh, modulate our immune system. If you eat uh, berries, you're going to get anthocyanins that help to, to reduce blood pressure, thin our blood a little bit, can help our blood vessels dilate. And when you, and so I'm not saying like you got to eat mushrooms at every meal, but when you incorporate these things into your, into your daily routine, like I eat mushrooms multiple times per week, cauliflower, broccoli, like all of the, every single plant food has multiple compounds that have been shown to have positive effects on our health. Every plant food, like literally, like I can go to not, I mean, I probably not everyone. Cause we haven't like really done randomized trials on all of them, but like there's, there's randomized trials on feeding people grapes. They have health improvements, feeding people nuts. They have health improvements, beans, whole grains, like all of these things have benefits because we know the fiber, the micronutrients, and the other factors beyond the macros that are incredibly important for our health. And that's really where I think I'd like to see a lot of people less focused on body composition mm -hmm. and more focused on health, because the reality is you're going to drive yourself crazy trying to keep a low body composition forever. Everyone is going to have that, that low end where they're able to hit, and that's going to be different for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's the challenge is a lot of people think, oh, well, this person looks like this. So I, I want to try to look like that. And, and their genetics are different. Like one of my best friends, he's, he can, he, no matter what he eats, like, I mean, he can, he'll gain weight. Like if he really like gets like, doesn't pay attention to things, but like he maintains a lower body fat percentage than me all the time. Mm -hmm. And it would, it would be, I would have to like starve myself to get there. Cause for me getting under 10, I feel it. Like yeah. I know it, I I've done it multiple times. If I get under 10%, I feel it like my body does not like being there. My body likes being at 12. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I prefer the way I look at, you know, <laughs> nine, but, but it's not worth the negative effect on my health. Like I have to, I'm basically fighting against my body when I try to get it there. Mm -hmm. And so I, I mean, and I know it's hard for some people because a lot of this is, you know, built around vanity and stuff. But um, if you're constantly chasing the body composition goal, oftentimes it's it's going to lead to what we discussed earlier, which is just like the the anxiety around living a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that shouldn't be the case. Like it shouldn't be something that that you start to dread. You start to like not enjoy. Like if you're if you're living a balanced life, you're just worried about, hey, I'm just going to make sure that I'm eating plenty of fruits and vegetables. I'm not overeating to the point where um, I'm gaining too much weight and I'm, you know, having increases in HbA1c or any other, you know, metabolic health factors. And you just live a balanced lifestyle and you don't worry so much about body composition. You exercise on a regular basis. Like if you focus on the habits, mm -hmm. your body will, will regulate where it wants to be. <laughs> and I've found that for me, like <laughs> for the last 15 years, I can get under 12%. But it's a struggle. And, and then I can go over that, but I don't feel good. like, right. <laughs> like I can, I, it slows me down. I can tell yeah. for sure. Cause I, yeah, I run, I play basketball, like I do things and, and that higher weight, like I can feel it. And so I, I, I found my sweet spot and I don't, I don't track. I mean, I don't, I don't even, I mean, I, I, I don't track, but I know, I know what I'm eating, right. you know? You're like um, me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, during my PhD, I, I, I basically had to like put in people's food records, like thousands and thousands of them oh my or God. not thousands of them probably over a thousand of them and uh so it's basically like doing my fitness pal with other people's food um with like <laughs> lots of so i i can i know what's in pretty much everything in terms of like calories macronutrients that type of thing but um i always say like stick to like a schedule like if instead of tracking sometimes like just you know like let's say you're, you're you need 1800 calories a day for nourishment so um, get into a routine of eating 500 calorie meals and 150 calorie snacks and have two of those a day and three meals and you're good. And if you can get into a routine of that, once you, once you learn how to construct 500 calorie meals, mm -hmm. you don't have to track or anything like that. It's just going to sit down. You'll even when you go to a restaurant, you'll be like, Oh, 
that's way too much for me because you understand portions and you understand the the portion that that your body needs mm -hmm. and um I, I always try to help people to get away from the tracking if they can because uh you can't do it forever and, and it really is based on what you just said it's it's a it's a body composition thing which is which is important to a certain extent for health and uh but at the end of the day uh if you if that's all you're chasing and, and that's the goal like you you can't keep losing weight i always tell clients this too I'm like, you, cause they'll be like, oh, I didn't lose, you know, weight this week. Like, what are you going to do? Like disappear? Like yeah. you can't keep losing weight. Like there's a point where it's going to stop. Yeah. So, so what's your focus then? Like at some point you're not going to be able to lose any more weight. And oftentimes I see people, they get to that point where their body doesn't want to lose more weight. And then they're just trying to push, like push past that over and over for years mm -hmm. sometimes, like in, and maybe they'll get past it for a little bit of time and feel like crap and then, and then go back and, and they just keep yo-yoing back from this, like of, of pushing against what, what their body doesn't want. Yep. Like your, your body cannot handle being at that low body fat percentage. It's and, so um, that's, that's the, that's where focusing on health, focusing on performance. I think that's a really, um, good alternative focus, like running more, being able to run faster, being able to lift more, being able to, you know, perform activities that, that are, that are important to you. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be what, what I say is important. I like to lift weights and jump. Like I have, you know, I want to be able to, I always have like, for me, I have like performance metrics. Like I want to be able to run a 5k in 25 minutes, um, be able to dunk a basketball and then like, uh, be able to lift like 300 pounds, like bench press and 315, like squat. Like those are like my performance metrics that as I age, I'm trying to like hold on to as much yes, as I can. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've been like, I jump higher than I did in my twenties. <laughs> like I'm faster than I, well, I can't, I'm, I'm about the same as like speed as I was in my twenties, but I'm way stronger, yeah. like way stronger. Than I was. And I'm, it blows my mind. Like, I'm like, I literally thought my body would be slowing down at this point. <laughs> you know, so I'm in my forties and like, and with strength training, I'm like, this is, this is so great because you're only going to get stronger yep. as long as we keep doing it. We're, we're only going to get healthier. If we keep on doing these habits, like then age is our ally. It, it's just like that, uh, James clear quote, when your habits are supporting you, time becomes your ally. You're like, oh my gosh. I've never heard that. That is such a great quote. I love that. Like you, you look amazing for being in your forties and that, that it shows, I mean, it shows like you, you're doing the right things and, mm -hmm. and um, we all deserve that. I think we can all achieve that. Um, it, it really, uh, for a lot of people though, it, it really is, it's quieting the noise so that you can actually focus on the things that matter. Cause I, I see more often than not, that's, that's what, that's what's holding people back is mm -hmm. just being overwhelmed, like of, of the number of different things that they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's where I say, just simplifying it to a few different things, mm -hmm. less processed food, making sure that you're not eating too much. And if you're focusing on those two things and, and being active, getting enough sleep, managing your mental health, you know, mm -hmm. all of those things will, will over time, like you don't have to do anything crazy. It's yeah. just, it's just time. It's just like what you said, like, um, I'm stronger than I was in, in my twenties and, and I was working out more back then. Right? Like, I, yeah. I was working out more than I am now. And, and I'm in better shape now than I, and, and I expected, like, I literally expected my thirties to like, <laughs> I just, I didn't think I would, I would be where I'm at now. But like, yeah. clear, like when I was in my twenties, I thought in my thirties, like I, I wouldn't be able to to do any of the stuff that I'm doing now. And it blows my mind that like your, your body's pretty, pretty, like it's pretty adaptable and, yeah. and we're going to like, we can, we can really take care of it pretty well. Um, when we do the right things, like what you said, I'm, I'm excited. Like when I hear people talk like dreading aging, like I'm, I'm looking forward to right? like, I can't it's imagine. only getting better. Like watch out people. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm in my 50, like when I'm 50 and I, I've been, you know, in my career for 20 years and been just like, I, I'm looking forward to that. Like in, I think a lot of people dread it because they're, they're just, they're not, um, you know, taking control of the things that they, they need to. I agree. I mean, one of my pet peeves is when like classmates or, you know, friends from high school, oh, we're just getting so old. And I'm like, 
speak for yourself. Like, do not lump me in that category. And this, this is possible for you too, but. Yeah. I play basketball with a group of guys and they're, they're, they're all mid thirties. And, and I hear it all the time from them. Like, Oh, and I mean, they're, they're like the, some of the most athletic guys, like in, in our age group, for the most part, like there's not a lot of people like I'm talking about, you know, even some of the most active individuals who are saying stuff like that. And I'm like, um, but I know they're not, you know, they just play basketball. They don't do the other stuff. They don't do the stuff that I do where I'm and and it shows like I'm, I'm the most athletic person on the court. Um, and, and it's because I'm running on, on some of my off days and lifting weights and, and eating and mushrooms. Do- exactly oh yeah and the, and the nutrition is also awesome. although they probably think I have a horrible diet though because Sundays is donut day for me and my oh. son so so they really probably think I have a horrible diet and I'm just like um just, just like blessed genetically naturally, genetically gifted I just thought about that now that you mentioned it because we come in every Sunday with donuts because that was like that's like a little tradition me and my son have had for quite a quite a long time Oh, I love that. Well, let's say, how do I know I need to work with you since you're working with people that have um, GI issues like IBS? How do I know I need to work work with you, Adrian? So um, individuals who are just like chronically bloated, like even when you're trying to eat healthy, you're bloated. It, it's you, you've gone to other doctors. Maybe they can't really figure it out. You've been diagnosed with IBS or not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, you don't get any diagnosis, but you're just not digesting your food right. Like you're bloated and you're you're eating healthy. Like if you're eating junk food, yeah, you're you're probably going to be bloated. Um, but if you're trying to eat a healthy diet and um, specifically, like for example, when you're trying to eat like more vegetables and more fiber, if that causes issues and you can't do that that's probably a sign that, that you have some GI issues going on that need to be addressed. And, and, and I can probably help you with that. The other group of individuals is people with inflammatory bowel disease. So those people, um, if anyone's listening, they know, they know um, that this is uh, a pretty serious condition uh, that's makes up a smaller percentage of the individuals that I work with just because it's less prevalent than IBS. Um, But it really is um, something that can, be improved dramatically with nutrition and IBD is um, inflammatory bowel disease. It's a serious condition where a lot of individuals end up losing part of their uh, intestines. And, and the reality is that um, nutrition is probably the most impactful thing that these individuals can do because when it comes to your digestion and this uh, GI docs really make me mad because um they they need to understand nutrition and they don't and often and, and a lot of them say that it doesn't matter and that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life because everything we eat has to go through our intestines yeah. like of course what you're eating is impacting your digestion and your gut of course like the yeah. the fact that people don't put that like a, a doctor an MD doesn't put that together is absolutely mind-blowing to me but I think that's like people who were trained 40 years ago or 30 years ago you know where nutrition science is new. I didn't, you know, nutrition science for the most part is most of what we know has been published in the last 20 to 25 years. And so we're going to see a little bit more than that in, in, you know, healthcare, but those individuals like IBD, um, I, those are the ones that I really enjoy helping because I've, I've, changed a few people's lives with that like really like individuals who came to me with bloody diarrhea and and we really dialed in and got their nutrition take like dialed in for them and and they don't have those symptoms anymore so that's how it shows up how else is it presenting in someone like you said people know it, but is there anything typically, it's, looking it's, out for? it's gonna be bloody diarrhea for the most part and and you're not gonna know unless you're diagnosed so oftentimes people present with sharp abdominal pain um a weight loss, extreme diarrhea, like multiple times per day, blood coming out. Like it's the immune system starts to attack the lining of the, the intestines Mm. and it it breaks down the mucus layer, just really messes up the lining of the intestines. And some of sometimes, um, oftentimes these people, like most of the time they need to be on medication. Uh, but, but I've actually seen, and I didn't, I don't advise this, but I have had a couple of clients who said, I don't want to take medication. Please help me however you can. And I've had a couple of clients who were able to, to control their condition without medication. And this is, this is a serious disease. And, and I think that food nutrition in, in 15, 20 years is going to be an absolute game changer 
once we actually have more science. Mm -hmm. um, right now, when I work with clients, we kind of got to piece together the, the evidence that is available and try to do the best we can. But I think in 15 to 20 years, when we know more about nutrition and, and more about the microbiome and, and how to how to modify and adjust that, um, I think a lot of these individuals with IBD will, will be able to not cure them, but but manage it very, very well. Um, just nutritionally and with with micro like my, micro microbial based therapies like just shifting the microbiome and seeing how we can help um, move the microbiome to the point where it's actually like helping them to reduce inflammation which is oftentimes we just don't know about enough about it yet microbiome microbiome is another thing that like last 15 years like we we didn't know anything about it or very little about it until the last 15 years we're in a really we're in a really exciting time for nutrition and and, and microbiome research where um it's it's getting into the point where we're starting to understand it more and apply it in a medical standpoint where it actually can have benefit yeah it is an exciting time and thank goodness for people like you like thank you for spreading your message i know sometimes it's hard I can only imagine like the comments that you get and then you have to have the discussion and, but we need it. Like we need your message because I feel like the other voices are so loud and they're coming from all directions. We have to have the voice of reason. So thanks for being that. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I can't wait to talk to you again. How can we find you? Um, Instagram and where else? What's your Instagram handle and anywhere Insta else you should go? Instagram is at Dr. Adrian Chavez, um, at dr.adrian.chavez, C-H-A-V-E-Z. Um, that's the main place, to okay. be honest. I, 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 You can find anything else from there. <laughs> I, I mainly just the Instagram and then I have a podcast. All the other links and stuff are, are from Instagram. So Instagram's the main place and then you can find other links and contact me directly through there. And um, I don't really do TikTok or anything right now. Who's got the time? I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm scared to even go over there. I opened the app a couple of times and I'm like, I don't, I don't, want I don't get it. Well, also, I've, I've got to know the name of your podcast because I'm definitely going to be listening. The Nutrition Science Podcast. Okay. Yep. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Adrian, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Here's the Deal. I have a couple updates for you all. So in addition to our traditional eight-week program, Lift to Get Lean, and then our program, Revive, for the peri- and postmenopausal women, woman, we also just released a new training-only membership. So it just started, but you can jump in at any time. We're going to be giving you an eight-week training block that is a progressive overload training program so you can go into the gym or down into the basement, wherever it is that you work out and have a plan to follow that will allow you to progress from week to week, getting stronger, building muscle, which will eventually lead you to get leaner. Of course, if nutrition is in alignment with that, but it's a new membership that we're offering. You can check it out on my website at www.lifttogetleanwithkylie.com. It is under the products. You will see our brand new training membership. Again, like I said, thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a review. Give it however many stars you think it was worth. Share it with your friends. Share it on Instagram. I will gladly tag you and share you in my story as well. Until next time. Bye-bye.